This is Ashton Intervention Quentin. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's all about you now. I'm going to interview Quentin. Yeah. Every clip's record. Yeah, I hit record just a you minute ago. You did hit record. And he's yeah. blushing already as well. I don't want to be interviewed. I'm, just, I'm very nervous. You're blushing. I, like I feel You're like I'm in trouble. Too. Yeah. You guys are like this. <laughs> like this. We're maintaining a safe bubble from This is much better. Let's just sit like this. I just can't. That's not a great way to got, sit. You feel like I'm surrounded. You guys are surrounding me. What do you mean? You've got your own bubble. What's up, dude? I guess you're right. You've just got some powerful uh, women around you. You're a little bit worried about it. So let's... let's, yeah. let's I have the shortest one in the room. Let's untangle <laughs> the paranoia on here. <laughs> no answer on that one. <laughs> well, if you can't tell, we have uh, Megan Stabler from Big Commerce in the room. Hi. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. How was the drive over? Long. You said you're up in Round Rock, right? Yeah, Round Rock, so it was the drive down on Mopac. So. Ugh, that's not very fun. Before we jump into the intro of Megan, which we should do from Big Commerce, <laughs> you guys were up in Minnesota together last week. Awesome event with Irish Titan. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, I think that was one of the most merchant-focused events I've been to in a long time. I don't know if I can share the stat, but it was 67% merchants that were at that event. Yeah, I think it was, and uh, the Irish Titan team just do an awesome job every time, and I love working with those guys. How do you think they'd pull that off? Like, what do you think, like, as someone coming from marketing, what do you- They got you two there, right? Well, they got us two there. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, it. You were on a panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on the industry panel. I was panel. a featured speech, keynote, tape talk, whatever the introduction was for that one. I think they pull it off because of their culture. That's how they do it. I think, I think it starts with the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, to build a culture in a company and that culture then expands itself into the community you're trying to serve, whether it's partnerships, relationships, or you know whether it's into the merchant base. So I think that what they did there was really pull together just a great culture over the years that's led to people respecting them and wanting to be there and be a participant. Yeah, I think you're right on that. They definitely have a you know, a, a really almost like a cult following. I being, you know, knowing the Irish Titan guys or like being associated with them is fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I went out of my way to go find a green blouse that I could wear. And, you know, if you go to their, <laughs> did, have, you, have you been to their office? Yes. Uh, right. I mean, they got a fire pole. I mean, it was like so cool. And there are pets. Right? Yeah. They have, so, a, they have that massive Great Dane, Ronan. Darren has, a, Darren has a son. His name is Ronan. He's like a 185 pound uh, Great Dane. Yeah. That's all we need is an office with a fire pole. I it's mean, technically a structural beam because you cannot legally have a fire pole near. So if the Minnesota government's listening, it is a structural beam. Yes. Well, <laughs> I had to break up the party. We should actually talk about Megan. But Megan, my, my first recollection of you, I think, was at the All Hands, right? Big commerce, people all hands. And I think we got invited along to a panel. Yeah, I think it was in January when I first met you. Yeah, probably. A lot of it was a blur. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, thrown into the deep end, and I, you know, part of my own problem is I never want to feel stupid, right? So mm-hmm. I read a lot, I research a lot, so that I can feel confident and sound confident when I'm doing stuff. So for me, at that point in time, it was really being immersed into you know, e-commerce as well as changes that we were making inside of marketing as well as website bifurcation, right? Because we we focus on mid-market enterprise. Our heritage has been in small biz, um, but trying to split the website, get the right messaging out there and all the other things that have to happen to, to really focus on kicking off 2020 or sorry, 2019 at that point in time. 
There are some similarities, I think, in the way I operate and the way you operate. I see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you see, you just I'm a weirdo. But, but I you're think we talking hold... to me, you're talking to Quinn. Because you look at him when you say weirdo. I was like, yeah, okay. No, he means <laughs> both of us. Both, I would say, and maybe I'm wrong, we hold ourselves to a high... Like, we hold our staff to a high bar. Yeah. But we hold ourselves to a much higher bar. And that, that comes with... It, that comes with its own issues of, yeah. of that because when things go wrong then ultimately it's all with us like we feel accountable for any failure that happens within our team or whatever yeah. right and that's difficult sometimes with staff because you know they're just like you know you're holding me to a high bar they, you know they don't see the other side of it which is it's almost like a, we carry that with us right yeah, do, we, do you mean, feel that or, I, or absolutely not? i do it right because decisions you make as an executive can impact an employee's career yeah right absolutely. If, if you're not making if you decide to invest in something and that's one of the few bets that you're making and it doesn't pan out you may have to pull funding mm-hmm. back and yeah. that funding may also mean hey you know we were going to fi- find five salespeople and we hire them in to go after this business segment well that segment isn't there for us so we either have to repurpose if we can or we have to let people go all right and i fired my best friend before right you know so you have to make it's not good is it it isn't good but you, have to, <laughs> but you have to be prepared to make those tough decisions when they're needed plus you have to be prepared to have those tough decisions made on you yeah by your executive that is above you as well and and the high bar let me let me sort of unpack that a little bit and i don't know if this is where you want to get into no i think it's fast i really enjoy talking to you i i, I well, what do you think yeah no i'm, I'm well, enjoying let me give you the, the unpack of me and the and the high bar right not getting around it i'm trans right i transitioned 15 years ago and the discrimination that the transgender community faces is so significant not just in america but in, in many other countries as well some you can be killed just for being who you are here in the states you can be fired just for being trans gay or lesbian the supreme court cases were, were heard in oral arguments yesterday trying to say no you can't you can't do this we have other people saying yes it should be perfectly legal to do that so if you go from being a an executive, I was a senior vice president running 350 people organizations, right? For everybody that was around me saw this strong, confident leader that was managing multiple teams globally that would be on either our corporate G4, G5, sitting across the desk from Bill Gates at, at Microsoft or Obama, or not Obama, but Steve Barmer, or Andy Grove of Intel or some of these other folks who was hiding something with inside themselves that was so much to the core of me that I knew when I was five growing up in York um, that I'd never told anybody about. And then I had to make a decision for a couple of things that really personally impacted my life outside of being trans, you know, the 9-11. And I just thought to myself, I'm living a lie. Everybody around me sees strong, capable, cisgender dude family because you were married right i was married and i had a kid and they just saw it but inside i was dying and Mm. i was depressed i didn't keep people close to me i didn't associate and move around then i transitioned right i lost my family and i lost a bunch of other things and i went from being a you know an executive thrown all the way down even though i was supported and, by and this is this is when you after you moved to america so you, yeah, you were out of london yeah 30 years ago is when i moved to america so this mm. this was in the early 2000s and where was you living then i was living here in austin okay um but i was working in houston so i had i was mm. going back and forth to, to houston where my uh, the company was that i worked at as an exec and 
you know, when you're told we support you, we love you, you're great, you're in the executive briefing center, I'm with the CEO on every customer briefing where he's talking about the company and I'm talking about strategy. And then you let somebody know something that is the truth about you, mm. but they just think everything else has been a lie. You've not been truthful with us about who you are. You're like, no, no, no. I'm still the the fun, quirk, in the room. quirky, weird Brit who's got a brilliant brain, who loves strategy, who can go out there and, and do these things and can impulse or imprint on sales and drive revenue and, and give great speeches and motivate people. I'm that person. It's just the veneer on the outside has to go ahead and change. And you go through that change, told that you're supported, but you end up being from an executive dropping down the ranks to being a senior principal marketing manager. That hurts. So that was like a, they did that indirectly or, or do you feel that it was just, you know, it was, it was very direct? Well, I mean, I was told, I mean, this is, I remember this was a transition before no Caitlyn Jenner's or Janet Marks. This was like early, early 2000s? Yeah, 2004, yeah. 2005. So, so things are a lot, you know, even in the space of 15 years, things were a lot different then, right? Yeah, it's, it's needed a few of us, but, you know, go to that courageous Megan, right? Or go to that person that just says, I'm not going to take any prisoners. I'm going to get out there and do it. I didn't hide who I was. But you never had any major role models, I'm assuming, that you could look to or was you already embedded in any form of community that no. that could support you or no. anything like that? Or, no so you, you basically kind of, I mean, did you sit there with this as a kind of slow burn, really, where it just reached, you know... I, it seems to me like, because you're a very strong woman, right? Intelligent, you know, you had all these O-levels, walked away from that college as a conscious decision, mm-hmm. yet you chose to say, actually, I'm, this part of me, I'm going to ignore, keep yep. ignoring, go and get married, etc., yep. yep. etc. Et yep. So so on that side, it, was, it sounds to me like the, the, you must have just hit mm-hmm. a a point where you were just like, no, actually, I just need to be me. And, yeah, I mean, you know, you're, that's, you're, you're that's, a, using... that's a lot to go through. Do you remember you... distinctly what it was? Like, you were just like, hey, I got to do this. And you don't have to talk oh, about yeah. this. No, I mean, no, like, I don't want to go on this discussion. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try and sum it up, right? You are using your business energy, your drive, right? Your let's go do this, right? As an executive, um, when people would want me in country, right? So I was in Europe maybe once a month and I was probably in Asia Pacific maybe once every six weeks. Um, if I was going to Europe, I want to land in Europe on the Monday morning. I want to land in London and have breakfast with a customer, you know, lunch, dinner, do as many meetings. And then I take the second to last flight to France. And then I take the second to last flight to Frankfurt. And I do the second to last flight to Rome, right? Whatever the countries were, but my days had to be busy. So I was on the go 275 days of the year on average as an executive driving revenue and influencing opportunities and stuff like that. That energy is what suppressed Megan. That's what kept Megan down. Mm. It's when you have those quiet times, that moments of reflection where she would raise her hand and say, I'm still here. I'm, I'm still here. And Megan's always been part of me, or part of who he was, he in the past tense, because he's dead as far as I'm concerned. Um, and the inflection point where I had to do something was 9-11. When I worked in Manhattan, I went through 9-11. I, I lost friends in the towers. And I just thought to myself, what am I doing? Who am I fooling, right? I'm not fooling anybody that's around me because they're seeing this person. I'm fooling myself and my own, 
I'm not, I don't want to say stability because then you have the psychoanalytical people going on and you're kind of weird <laughs> and wacky, right? But my own <laughs> mental stress was just killing me inside because she was always raising a hand and saying, I'm still here. The pain of getting up every morning and shaving and your brain saying, that's not me. The pain of getting up every morning and putting on a suit and a tie and that was not me. That's not who I saw because my friends were female. I was like, that is me, but I couldn't be me type thing. And it's hard to explain. But you go through 9-11, you lose some friends, you go through that emotion of the day, you make it out of Manhattan. I go back to Long Island where I live. You find out that people, acquaintances that you were around are no longer going to be coming home to their families. And what if they had 20 seconds or 30 seconds to make a phone call that said, I'm sorry, I love you, or there's something you need to know about me. I know my life is going to end, but I want you to know the truth, right? And only we can own our own truth. Um, if they had had a chance to say, what would it be? What would I have said? So it's like, geez, I need to fix this and do it. And it's going to be rough, right? There is no, to your mm. question before, there's no real support group. Um, a counselor here in town um, suggested I join a group and, and it, it just wasn't me. That, 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 for some reason, it just didn't gel. Mm. The role model, there was one lady in town, Donna Rose, who worked at Dell. She'd written a book called Wrapped in Blue and... We, you know, we sort of became friends over this thing, but I had to go through it myself and I had to go through it understanding I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose probably my job. I'm going to lose the respect of the media that I'd built up in the industry I was in. I'm going to lose the um, analyst community, the gardeners and the foresters that I'd known for a couple of decades. Um, I'm going to lose my family over this thing. If I lose my job, which is the first one, I'm probably going to use, lose the roof over my head, right? So you thought all that before you went through it, before you told people and everything else, you, you, you through, thought that you would lose I went everything. through all of that, right? Mm. And there was uh, the second inflection point was up in Round Rock, Texas. I had, you know, I had my gun in my hand and I was sitting in a parking lot at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, that's and so I was, great, just, I was just ready to, to, to pull the trigger and... Took me till three o'clock in the morning. I, I called a neighbor the next morning and I said, here's, here's a security box. It's got my gun in it. Don't ask me why, but never return it to me. Mm -hmm. If I come to you again and ask for that gun back, do not do give it back. Do you have a gun now? Of course I do. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I live in Texas. She's a Texan. <laughs> I'm a Texan. But, but those, those were the inflection points. But, but that fighting <laughs> spirit that had Megan say, I'm going to go try this computer operating th operations thing, and if it doesn't work for me, I'll do it again. Or I'm going to move to America with a couple of suitcases and just go for it. Or the Megan who was 23, 24, going to Australia for the first time to help open up an office for the software startup that she mm. was at. That fighting spirit is also a fighting spirit for the people who can't do that today and couldn't do it in 2005, yeah. 6, 7, 8, 9, where I had to stand up and say, trans people are people and we need our jobs and you know there are more phds and mbas in the trans community who are unemployed because of society's feeling against them because it's different and it's icky it's changing and but there's still significant violence against trans women especially trans women of color significant unemployment you know, there are some initiatives that are, are going to be launching soon from other organizations to try and encourage corporations and employers to hire trans people mm. into their organization because, you know, they do lose their jobs. We do lose our jobs. You can be fired, right? And I get misgendered. I cannot change my voice. I get it. But you know what? You want to go for a drink with me and have some fun? 
you know, we'll do it. You you want to you want to know my quirky Monty Python jokes mm. and stuff, right? I'm still the same person. I think I have a different voice than you, just FYI. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know we could we could have a competition yeah. on that later if you want. But anyway, anyway we, but took, the, we took ourselves down a tangent. But, but I think I think there's a, there's a couple of things I kind of want to pull out of, of that. I mean, how old was you during nine uh, eleven? I was nine years old. Wow. So, you, but so you do remember it? No, right? no, I remember exactly where I was. Did you? Did Because I think for people of our age group, it'd be interesting to see what you feel. But I mean, I was in London, right? So I was working at Reuters, and we were in a meeting. And and uh, we knew about it because of the markets. So all the markets uh, went crazy, right? The, the stock market, right? So so people outside started running around, and we we're like, "What the hell's going on?" And everyone's mm-hmm. going, "No, the markets are just crashing," and mm-hmm. they were going up and down, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, "What the hell is going on?" And we walked out of this meeting to that, and then and then somebody then said, right. "You know, it wasn't like you had Twitter or anything like that. It was a crazy time." But after that happened, I think that. And I've I've read this that a lot of people before that people were like if you got a job it was great it, you know there were a lot of lifers right people that would have a job and stand for life and their big their motivations and everything else were you know get a family get married have kids blah 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 and then after nine eleven people started going well what if I'd have been in them t- like Temporary. what would I change mm-hmm. right yeah. and also I think that it created I personally think it created a lot more entrepreneurship mm-hmm. where people just started striking out on their own because people started questioning. What the hell am I doing with my life? I think a lot right? of people woke up. Like, I don't know if they woke up. I think it because I just think it made a really big change to focus on life. We, yeah, because yeah, people how have we the, viewed life. You have right? the you know go to go to high school, go to college, get a job, entry level, work your way up. And I think what some people did is they kind of like shook them up to well, I don't actually have to do. It's this. that definition of success, I think. Yeah. To me, like the definition yeah. of success before and after become different because yeah. it, it become much more about you. And, and I also think that started some of the movement around personalization and yeah. things like that, right? Things like Instagram that come later. That's why people grab onto that. Like you got, you're, you've been brought up in that world, right? Yeah. But we wanted to be like everybody else, right? You go to London and everyone was dressing the same. Yeah. And and if you didn't the IBM suits, yeah. yeah if, but if you didn't dress like that, you were basically a weirdo. Yeah. Right. Whereas now it's the opposite. Like you want to wear funky socks, right? Yeah. It's a, it, it, but you only know funky socks. Do you know like that's your? Quince is checking his socks. Yeah. Right now. But it, it's it's a very different world. I that's think, what I got uh, on. Yeah, that's not funky. That we're in. I think you're right on the personalization because um, we lost a lot as humanity. Yeah. I'm not going to point it to New York or or anywhere else, but I think as humanity lost a lot because because violence was brought to the shores of the U.S. Mm. Right? Violence had been around Oklahoma bombings and other stuff. Right? But I, I think that personalization is is a great thought on that whole thing because we wanted to have an identity and we wanted to be able to succeed and that the drudgery of a you know nine to five job and you know you're going to work at general motors for the rest of your life you know it, that's just not there it definitely yeah i know it's stuck in my brain because there was Cantor fitzgerald which was yeah. a, the, those guys and, and uh, that, that hit london quite yeah. a lot right because yeah. it wiped out Marsh a lot of McLaren. the team and, and you just were just like what you know? What if I'd been in that team, yeah. right? And either side of it, and you know, and it made you question what you were doing in your life. For yeah. me, yeah. definitely, you know, and subsequently, I I obviously walked away from my job in city, yeah. But had the kids, and then and then left. It's a woman in tech, I right? you know, mm-hmm. and it's a very different situation. But we're a minority group, yeah. right? But but obviously, you're in a much smaller minority group, as it were, right? In what in, in which is often either. It pushed out and said, you're not a true woman, so yeah. you can't be part of that group and, and stuff. But 
to sort of anchor back, you know, what I try to do is this is me, right? This is this is who I am. This is what you're going to go ahead and get. I have my quirks like everybody has, right? I can I can over accelerate on things that I shouldn't and get worried about things that I probably don't didn't need to in the first place. But I put myself out there. I don't hide who I am, right? Some trans people in the 90s and the you know 2000s would go into what we called stealth mode where they would just hide within society mm. my view is look you know what society is just a rich fabric of different textures different colors different people different ethnicities different experiences different personalization requirements and stuff so why not embrace it as a culture or sorry not a culture but as a as a humanistic element and be celebratory of those types of things so as a, a an executive who happens to have trans history I'm just going to be me, mm. right? And and I don't know how many other trans executives there are out there. We celebrate the milestones for women in business now. More female CEO leadership is coming up, right? We started to celebrate more gay and really specifically lesbian CEO leadership is coming up. Let's start doing it for the trans community too. So I'm just going to put myself out there and whatever risks that you know, goes I mean, takes. I think it's admirable. And it, honestly, like it was only probably two or three years ago that it fully made sense to me because I always wanted to be treated as an engineer first and a woman second, right? So in your, mm-hmm. you know, in your case, you, you're a business executive. Mm-hmm. And the trouble is sometimes is that when if you bang that, uh, you know, the women in tech drum or any minority drum, then you can be seen as that's all you are, yep. right? I saw this talk, it was a black guy, and he, he stood on stage at a Rails conference, I mean, I've told you about it before, but he really changed my viewpoint on this because what he said is that the reason that he stood up was because he wanted to let other people see that there were people exactly. like him. Yep. So so he, in a way, he was, he was being, being that role model, right? But not just that role model, he was normalizing yep. and showing, look, this is possible, yeah. right? And it really changed my view on how visible I should be as a woman in tech because up until that point, I'd been kind of like, you know, I don't want to beat that drum. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm an engineer, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't feel the need to sort of promote women in tech, but it, it's changed my view on that. And I, yeah. I just wondered that with you because you could be seen as, you know, that you beat the, the trans drum and everything else or, and do you deflect from your role as an exec and no, do, do want, you know what I'm saying? I, I'd encourage you to flip that. that when you said I don't see that it's I need to bang that drum as a female. Well, engineer. I've changed my view on that and now but, I do. But, right, of, you but know. What, I'm, what I was going to say is you may not see it, mm. right? But the girl on the street, the girl in school, the girl that wants yeah. to get into STEM and is being told no, that's really boys go into that thing. Yeah. They're the ones that need to see you as the role model. So Agreed, if, you, if yeah. you flip it, so my thing is when I say, look, I'm an executive that happens to have trans history, yeah. I don't bring the trans up first, right? I'm an executive. You get to judge or see or make your own impression, right? I, I love yeah. it probably at the Irish Titan conference that you and I were at, Quentin, when we had, you know, I was up on stage. You know, I guarantee you there were people whose brains were going fart, right? They were like looking at me and what I was wearing and makeup and hair and everything. And then going, deep voice, hold on, dude, what? Doesn't compute danger danger will robinson okay i'm over it now let's listen to what she has to say about customer acquisition and all the other stuff i was talking about right so i think getting people to see us as a strong female engineer or an executive or a ceo it's not about us it's about 
changing society so that we can help the others that are needing it. We've got such a long way to go, right? STEM and STEAM in the southern states, the Alabamas, the Mississippis and stuff. Long, long way yeah. to go on that. Versus and it's, it's realizing that because yeah. like, to me, it feels normal to be a woman engineer in tech. And right? it should be. Yeah, it should be. I've never really had a problem with it. I don't know why, but I, I haven't. But maybe I have, and I just didn't realize and I was so ignorant of it, right? But I think it's important that, you know, we... Now I see it more. I, don't, yeah. I just think I was oblivious to it. I was just, I was just writing code in engineering, right? I think it's great. And the culture that you build here at Shipper HQ and the, the culture that we've we've built and has been built at Big Commerce, so it is embracing of different cultures and values, right? Mm. Pluses and minuses, right? Because uh, we're a society of people, um, is great. I think that if we can reflect the community that we're trying to serve and they see... There are LGBT people at Big Commerce. There are people with other abilities at Big Big Commerce. Mm. There are people from different ethnic backgrounds at Big Commerce, right? That's the merchant community that we serve as well, right? Mm. They're across the board. Same for you at Shipper HQ, right? Yeah. So you want that diversity. You want the diversity that builds the culture. So I'm trying to tie it back to the question you asked originally about Irish Titan, or you asked originally about yeah. Irish Titan stuff. It is about building the culture. And if we hide who we are as individuals, um, we're not helping grow and advance that culture, and we're not basically embracing why we're here right on this planet because we're only here for a short period of time so bring your full self to the office obviously don't bring all your baggage but recognize that and this is what i say to my teams is you know i i care about two things i care about your profession professional growth and i care about your personal growth i don't care about your career now let me qualify that you should care about your career and i will do whatever i can with your personal goals and your professional goals to help you get to your career but i cannot you know we talked about this longevity of careers i cannot say to you hey 10 years time i want you to be this 20 years time that's up to you to decide where your passion is right so there are three things i know about passion authenticity and legacy what is your passion going to be do you really want to be the passionate coo ceo sales leader finance person is that what your passion is or is it something that is outside on a charity how authentic are you going to be as that leader right bringing your full self to it being as transparent as you can be, recognizing different levels have different levels of transparency, but be transparent. Right? And then what is your legacy going to be? How do you want to leave this world? And I can tie that back to the 9-11, passion, authenticity, and, and what is the legacy of, of the people that passed in that, that event? Mine for standing up for you know trans community, doing the work that I've done to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell, past marriage equality, a bunch of other stuff out there, is I'm just passionate about a lot of things, including e-commerce. My authenticity is I'm going to be who you see I am when I'm up on stage or when I'm leading my teams. My legacy, well, hopefully people will say at the end of my life, she was a good person, right? She helped me do this, right? She encouraged me. And I, and I do get those messages from people in various forms, whether mm. it's on Twitter or LinkedIn, saying thank you for being visible. So I just encourage anybody that's listening to think about what Karen's saying and what I'm saying is it's not about I have to be visible for me and be out there. It's being visible for the person that's out there in the in the school that is trying to see some representation of who they are mm. uh, in the world or somebody who's in your workplace that is, is struggling with stuff. We all carry baggage. We all have things going on at home with finances, kids, pets, health, whatever it is. Let's recognize it. 
and see how do we lean in and help somebody who is struggling with something to, to help them say, it's okay. You need to take a day off and deal with that. Go, go take a day off and deal mm. with it and come back with your, you know, your, your positive attitude, you know, the next day. I mean, it's admirable. You're, you're clearly a great leader and, a, you, know, a, a, you know, I assume the team's happy. I don't know. Maybe they're miserable. But uh, you, you definitely give happy. the impression. I mean, Meredith loves you. Yeah. So you're a very warm personality. So that's fantastic. We've, really, we've got a few minutes left. So I don't Should we talk about commerce? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I think um, about big commerce is, mm -hmm. is your differentiating factor, right? Because yeah. obviously there's some players in this market. Some bigger players in the market. Not necessarily bigger, maybe, yeah. Some of them have IPO and you guys haven't yet. When's that going to happen? No, you're not going to tell me. But the... <laughs> you don't know. She abstained from that. You're not allowed to ask her that. We went over this in Minnesota. You're not allowed to ask her that. Yeah, but I, I know, look, my CBD knowledge is minimal. So, uh, yeah. So, oh, uh, I remember from Shop Talk. Uh -oh. oh, yeah. We, uh, let's not talk about that. I'll right. tell you off air. Yeah, it's, it's minimal. But uh, but Quentin knows a little bit about CBD. But I, I was interested in interested in that because I know you've been talking about that quite a lot. I've seen you on Twitter. Yeah. CBD yeah. Is, a, is a thing. Well, it's a big initiative too. I mean, yeah. There are bigger players, right? We are privately held, right? Some of the players that we compete against went IPO and they've got a boatload of, of, mm. of cash and other things that are around that they could go ahead and use. And then we got others that got acquired, right? That, that are in the marketplace. And I think we are actually in the sweet spot of commerce because with lower cost of ownership, you know, we're, we're a hosted platform, we're SaaS, but we don't have the rigor of SaaS where it's locked and closed. So the, the sales forces of this world that have this demand where platform that is sort of old legacy, it takes a long time to change things if you're a merchant and you want to do something on it, right? And then if you have pure open source, sort of, sort of the Magento word, you have a lot of coders, developers, which is great. It's created a wonderful mm. eco community of it, but you've got to worry about your upgrades and your changes, right? They just came out yesterday with 2.2 of Magento is now end of support and you've got to get off it by the end of the year, right? That's a cost to our customers. So if we go back to the beginning, I talked about CX. Our view is, look, we're an open SaaS platform. We have APIs that you can build into if you want to extend the digital experience, the shopper experience, you want to add in things from a AR, VR perspective, you want to do personalized shopping, we got that open SDK API, but also SaaS. We release the updates, we take care of the upgrades, we take care of security and PCI compliance. So that's sort of a key differentiator. When we started to look at vertical markets um, like CBD, it literally was a conversation that one of our head of sales, Brian Parks, and I had in the hallway, uh, May 31. We were just talking about stuff on the outside that may or may not happen. And he said, we should be in the CBD market. And I was like, you know what? We should be allowing our CBD merchants to sell on our platform. Now there's regulations, right? There's FDA rules and regulations on top of it. But there was a change made by the current administration to the farm bill last year that released hemp and hemp derived, right? So that got us into the CBD. And we looked at it real quick. And I got a, a great PMM on my team, Matt Hang, who investigated the market. We did everything with our legal organization so that we knew it was it was going to be spot on and correct. And we worked with payment providers. So you can now build a site on BigCommerce. You can launch your CBD products. You can sell them and get the money through payment providers or merchant services. And you can ship your products to them too. Um, but there are caveats, right? You can't make health claims 
right? You can't say this cures cancer or, you know, fixes skin, whatever it is, is, right? Because the FDA will sort of lean on you heavily at that point. And there are some rules and regulations. It's legal in 50 states, but there's rules and regulations on the amount of THC that can be in there. So it's got to be 0.3% less THC. Remember the chemical oil and the, the hemp? It's a plant. It's not the same cannabis plant per se. It's mm-hmm. a different strain. So, you know, there are some good things. And we're, we're doing great on, on that platform. And then obviously another organization said, hey, and we knew they were going to do it. We can also sell CBD as Pretty well. Pretty recently, right? So so what's your differentiating factor there? Do you think it's your expertise and the way that you can help CBD merchants? Or do you think that there's actual technology like the payment side and stuff like that that makes you the solution to go to the experience think, aspect? Yeah, anybody can do payments, right? For us and for me, I say it's the openness of the platform, the flexibility of the platform, and the ability to get up to speed and launch. Right, we're, yeah. we're not going to take an extra fee because you're not using our own. This is on the payment side. Payment side mm-hmm. and, and but, gateway stuff. Okay, and, cool. We're about out of time. You guys don't stop talking. Yeah, Quentin, thanks very much. You just sort of monopolized everything. Yeah, you? you just didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah, sorry guys. Well, it's not very often that you know you get. I one think you should ask the final question, mate. What's the final question? Well, that's with you. You got a whole list in front of you. <sighs> what have we not asked? We it's been pretty this. quiet so since the start. We, we covered nine eleven. <laughs> Well, I didn't put the personal stuff on there because yeah, I knew nothing. we'd pick up on we'd that. Pick up on. You know, you talk about leadership style. I mean, I don't know. My personal, I I'm all in for sitting back and listening to you guys talk. Like I was like I was saying, it's not very often that you get you know one or two powerful women in tech in e-commerce in a room. So but you're, getting, you're getting paid to do this. So what is your final question? Yeah, what's your final question, final man? Question. Put him on the spot. What I want to ask, I'm trying to think of something. What you don't see right now is he's doing he's his best a, not to blush. I'm trying to think of something well. funny, but I can't think of anything. I'm not a very funny person. Well, that's it. So you don't have a final question? Nope. That's it. You're wow. fired. Nope. Wow. Fired. I'll ask a final question. Is it commerce hiring? That's my question. Always. Oh, jeez, man. You just fired me. That's true. I'm trying to get on the CBD, the green rush. I'll ask oh, I have a question. <laughs> what, what, what do you see as the biggest differentiator for... It's the bottom question. Oh. That's your closed question. Oh, right? oh. What's your end goal, Megan? My end goal? <laughs> you, you asked the hardest question, dude. Saving best for last. What is my angle? Yeah, uh, my angle is is to imprint on people that are around me that uh, don't be inhibited by your own self judgment. You're all capable of doing great things at the end of the day, and if I can stand up and be a leader that helps guide, not lead, but guide you to a point where you can feel that you've made your success, you've You've done it with purpose. You've been authentic in how you do it, and you're going to leave a great legacy for, you know, the world, society, family, kids, whatever that may be, or even just business. Then uh, that would be my my end goal in everything I do. Well, I think that's a pretty that's great deep. one. It's very deep. deep. It's a little bit deep. Uh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say I want to be the CEO of Big Commerce, but no, I've got a great CEO. Brent's a, an awesome CEO, aren't you, Brent? Yes. Um, you don't, would you ever see yourself? Because you've never been a CEO, right? Never been a CEO. But you definitely I, have leadership capability. Let me tell you that. Yeah. I put that top on your review. Yeah. No. So, it's, 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 so I, you know, I, I know we wanted to end it. What I'll go back to with that statement is it's been given the opportunity to do it. And again, with everything we've talked about on this on this podcast, all of the the ways that people view others, right, can limit you. So, do you think your career's been held back? Oh, big time. Even now? Yeah. Uh, well, now, no. I, I think of a. Uh, we did this thing at Stanford where we did a, a little hockey stick on careers, 
to try and come up to see where we are. And I had this hockey stick of career that went up and then it was like straight yeah. down to the bottom again. And now it's coming You've up. Rebuilt it. So I'm, I'm beginning to rebuild it because my peers that worked for me when I was a senior vice president are CEOs of companies yeah. or are doing these other things. So there was always something in the back of my mind that says, I could have, if it wasn't for somebody else's judgment mm-hmm. or opinion on me uh, because of who I am. And, and you've never wanted to strike it out alone. Like, you've never wanted to... Yeah, I have. But there's, yeah. a, there's also a risk in striking it alone, right? Tell me about uh, to, to, to be the entrepreneur. You know, I am a single parent with a yeah. seven-year-old, right? So there's also the financial burden of that and all the other costs that I paid to my ex and, and stuff, which was not about my transition because we got married well after, but the society, you know, has those challenges. Would I like to strike it out on my own? Totally cool. I thought about getting into blockchain, you know, right? Well, when you do, let me know. I'll come and join you. I sure will, but thank you. I need a new job. Great question, Quentin. Thank Good you question. for well putting another like couple you. of minutes on the podcast. That's, that was Cheers, my goal. Mate. And one last question. What was the last thing you drunk purchased? What? 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 The last thing you drunk purchased. I drunk purchased. Is that a thing? Yes. Drunk purchase. Yeah, don't you don't do buy it. things drunk online. <laughs> I can tell you the last thing I bought. I bought a pair of shorts yesterday. I, they showed up. Strike. They showed up yesterday. I had no idea. Don't Such remember buying those. Such a millennial. Such a millennial. You should want people to drunk so purchase. What's wrong with you? Yeah, when, when, you're, when you're at my age, drunk purchasing with you your this, eyesight and fat fingers doesn't work on an iPhone. You have this great leader in the room, and you ask her, "What was the last thing you drunk purchased?" Yeah. As the final question, yep. Meredith, you've got a job and podcasts. <laughs> I appreciate your time. Folks. Yeah, cheers. Thank you, you Thank you, Megan. Cheers. Us.